0: I'm so excited right now. I'm so How are excited. You? How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm so happy that I'm back to doing this. Um, it's been a stressful couple of weeks, yeah. so I just had to prioritize. <laughs> um, yeah, I just had loads of uni work and it was all, it was just assessment week last week, so it was just mental.
1: How are you? I am good. I've got me a lovely alcoholic beverage.
0: Who is he?
1: Um, it's summer.
0: Yeah.
1: It's summer, baby. Mm. Um, Yeah, I've been in the park today. Um, Loving, loving life, soaking up the sun.
0: I know, it makes such a difference, doesn't it?
1: A few weeks ago, you said to me, I think it was on the podcast, actually, you said, doesn't sun just impact your mood so much? i was like, nah, I don't. It, it <laughs> you
0: were as well.
1: When it got horrible weather and it was raining, I definitely noticed a shift in my mood. Like, it, I didn't realise it definitely affects me. Being in these lockdown sort of rules, um, I feel like it heightens all emotions. So that's, I kind of realised, oh shit, like, uh, it does affect me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we crack on, I just want to say a massive shout out to Stephanie Mm. uh, for co-hosting yesterday. Yesterday! (laughs) (laughs) She's back. She's back. She's rusty. Um, No, I absolutely adored last Mm. week's episode. You both were fabulous. So thank you so much. Thanks,
1: Steph. It was really really good fun. And it was, for me, um, I I certainly felt like it's just a fresh perspective. Like me and Emily speak, we speak every week. Um, We speak more than once a week, I can guarantee you. Um, And just having someone else's kind of voice about the world, um, Mm -hmm. it was really interesting for me. To have a sure. conversation with someone different. Um, and Emily, I didn't miss you one bit.
0: Yeah, I know. I I wasn't listening to it going, oh, I miss it. It got me pumped. It got me so pumped for this. Yeah,
1: you literally phoned um, me before today, like, come on, I'm excited. Let's go, let's go, let's go.
0: Absolutely. I was um, itching to start. So, 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 on that note, Sam? Yes. What have you brought to the virtual table?
1: Right. So, um, I thought of this a few weeks ago. It's conscription.
0: Interesting. So,
1: conscription is national service, which is compulsory, and it is most often some kind of military service. And it's... um, A few countries you think, oh, yeah, like, they have it, and you also think of the war when you think of like being drafted to the war. Um, but 66 countries still have some form of obligatory service, including China, Sweden, North Korea, Russia, Brazil, Norway, and Israel. Um, out of, I believe there's like 195 countries, something like that.
0: Wow.
1: Um. So that's
0: a lot. <laughs> it. That's
1: a lot. That's a lot of countries.
0: Um. I'm quite s- surprised.
1: Like I thought it was a few. I knew of it, some of them. I knew some countries still um, had obligatory service, but I didn't realize how many. Um, the United States still has a live conscript conscription, conscription law. So you could theoretically still get drafted
0: oh, wow. in a
1: time of war, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's
0: a very interesting concept.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to do a brief history of conscription. It's actually been around since about 1800 BC, which was like the Babylonian empire. So long, long into the past um then in 820 in the current era uh turkey began to use slave soldiers um and i just thought in the current political climate that was quite an interesting thing to think about that 820 a.d we yeah people doing things that they were they were being forced to do things without wanting to Mm. um
0: a sense of hierarchy and from such a while ago like it's just deep rooted
1: so ingrained in history and that's the thing that is anyway um then the first example of sort of modern conscription was during the french revolution um of 1789 to 1799 um, and that's kind of our idea of conscription as it is today. What we saw in both world wars, um, where men originally age 21 to, I believe 30 was originally, and then it expanded to 18 to 45.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: um, so if you went to war today, I would be drafted. And, and so would
0: you. Yeah.
1: In today's Um, today's class, well, that's the thing as well. A lot of them are gendered, so the men would be called and the women wouldn't.
0: Yeah, so interesting.
1: Which is weird. Um, It wasn't just, like, fighting. It was all sort of service in the military.
0: I think with conscription, the first thing, like, first kind of idea that's popped into my head when you're talking about it is, I bet for those countries there's... Um, a huge sense of nationalism and, like, patriotism, Mm -hmm. but also perspective, like, worldly perspective. Like, I don't know, when you were talking about it, I was thinking, like, I was reflecting and I was thinking, oh, my God, like, I think I'm so secure and, like, I think my reality in society has just always been here. And there's so much, but like, I almost forgot that like, we have a British army and there are soldiers. I think it's a really, for my kind of city girl kind of lifestyle, yeah. you know, doing art. <laughs> it's it's so foreign to me. Like, ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, I dunno, it's such a different perspective and lifestyle. Um, And I was thinking of all the YouTube videos of families reuniting um, when (laughs) soldiers come home.
1: Aren't those the loveliest (laughs) videos?
0: Oh my God, they just are so pure, so pure.
1: Um, But yeah, so you actually, you touched on sort of the idea of a patriotism because of in those countries where conscription is still active. that's a huge sort of supporting in there's in anything that's a controversial issue such as conscription there are supporting arguments and opposing arguments sort of pros and cons and promote it promotes a national unity that is a huge pro of conscription because like you're fighting for your country you are putting your life at risk for your country and you always know from the time you were born that is sort of where you're going
0: oh gosh yeah
1: as well as that and a few other pros that i have written down here i'm sure we can think of some ourselves as well but it ensures that there will be an active protection against incoming threats and engagement in government and um you learn some useful skills many of the roles in Um, the military teach you practical skills, teach you life skills that you will carry in lots of different aspects of your life?
0: Yeah, I think the one thing that I'm just questioning is like, firstly is it fair? But why (laughs) from my personal opinion, why would someone voluntarily be in the army and like decide to fight for their country I think it's just from a very selfish and city (laughs) gal mentality so is it fair but is the other side fair too you know how can I expect like me not being able to like exercise my right to be a city gal whilst others are risking their lives for like my country Mm -hmm. quote-unquote like there's such um, a disparity in my head between like freedom and um maybe morality as well like what is the right thing to do Like, I don't know
1: yeah it's that thing of um it's kind of that whole head versus heart argument of in your head fighting for your country is an honourable and brave and almost dutiful thing to do. Whereas in your heart, depending on the type of person that you are, either that is something that you want to do or something that you don't want to do. Mm. Do you
0: think you should have the choice to fight?
1: Well, it's a thing of free will, isn't it? Yeah. So conscription is a in in a way it's a violation of free will not in a way it is a violation of free will you don't have a choice you have to unless you have sort of the circumstances that um make you exempt from conscription you have to do it and everyone's the same but then i guess everyone is the same that's on the the flip side
0: exactly it
1: promotes an equality and sort of an equal society
0: yeah and i guess the kind of idea that if we're not protected like who's, why should it be a certain person like certain bunch of people's responsibility Mm -hmm. to protect the entire country that is not fair it's very western isn't it (laughs) um very very thought-provoking um Ooh, I'm ticking. My, my mind's going mad because my 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 born and bred Western mind yeah. has the ability to question it and talk about it on a podcast because we are so liberal, supposedly, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, gosh, there's a huge question of fairness. I'm going in circles, but I really don't know what is right and what is wrong. In this kind of situation because there's just the suggestion that some people are more worthy than others in my mind like without conscription some people don't have to
1: so we get to live, have to get to live in a country and get to live safely without ever f- thinking about who is keeping them safe what is keeping them safe
0: exactly and i think it also poses the question of like Um, what your opinions are on, like, your country? Do you, as people who don't live in a country that pursues conscription, do you feel uh, patriotism? Do you? I don't. I don't. I don't. I I do, but I don't. I don't. Tell me why you don't. I I, don't feel unity.
1: I think during the beginning of this whole coronavirus crisis, That is the most unified I have ever felt as a British person. However, I still wouldn't say that my identity is in any way defined by my Britishness.
0: I completely agree with everything you've just said. And to follow up. I wouldn't say I feel British. I think I'm very Western. Mm-hmm. But, yes. Um, I'm Western and I think I'm very city, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know I'm specifically British, apart from the fact that I apologize more than I don't. Wow, Emily, did you wish say that sentence again? It was so good. <laughs> I feel like I apologise more than I don't. Um, you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's such a stereotype. Oh, do you drink tea with the Queen? No! Of course not. Um, so, yeah. There's not a huge... And as well, because I think there's such a North and South disparity yeah. in culture, it feels very divided yeah because there's just such um i think unfairness again within the country that makes it not unified see but i'd always say that like i'm a stern believer that london for example is the best city in the world i think it's the most yeah i really do i i love london um um yeah Hmm. Um, so, uh, on the other hand, I do love where I live, but I don't know, I think as well, like...
1: That's interesting, that's interesting, because you before we said that both of us kind of feel the same in the way of, we don't feel very British as such, but you love London, whereas I am itching to get away.
0: From London? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: So it's just bizarre that we have such similar viewpoints on one thing and such polarised on another that are so closely linked.
0: You know what? And I'm thinking as well, like, when you were just talking about your opinion, I think about quarantine and corona and the NHS and those frontline workers. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they have been conscripted you know what i mean to fight against this war and they've had no choice and i almost feel like ah there's a guilt i think
1: but if you think about it and i can't speak from a frontline worker perspective but from what i've read or what i've heard the kind of joy these people feel in saving lives and doing these amazing things outweighs any kind of need to like any sort of conscription it's like yeah we're being forced into this situation but they know they are doing such an amazing thing
0: yeah As opposed to maybe someone like myself or you who maybe feel a guilt for being totally helpless. So maybe there's the argument that with conscription comes this deep feeling of self-worth and pride, which two 18-year-olds doing a podcast during quarantine may Mm -hmm. not be able to feel. Um,
1: However, they are also whether they wanted to or not they are risking their lives and that's the same in a in a in a war zone soldiers are going out um and risking not only their physical health but also their mental health i think um it's something like about f- there are forty thousand soldiers who come home with ptsd yeah um like, I, I don't know if I don't know how frequently that statistic is, um, but it's crazy the mental effects being um, drafted can have on a person, and some people aren't mentally or physically fit to do these tasks. That's, that's I could very... never be a doctor, I could never be a doctor because. Um, whilst I count myself I consider myself a very empathetic person, I get too invested in people's lives. And I would never be able to emotionally cope with not being able to save someone. Yeah. So yeah. I know I could never do that. And I have massive respect for the people who can because they have to have that line of deep, deep empathy and the ability to go, I did my best.
0: Oh and on that note
1: <laughs> On that note I'm going to ask you Miss Emily Sam on your grand return to the podcast what have you brought to Le Virtual Tablet Tableau Tableau
0: Table Tableau Um <laughs> So, again, there's a bit of a trend, but in case you guys didn't already know, I've been really busy these last couple of weeks, yeah, yeah, because I'm just, yeah, so busy, and um, I wanted to bring something that I think I've discovered, something that I couldn't necessarily have time to research, but it's just more of a general... Mm -hmm. Sensational! I want your opinion, Sam. So, I, whilst winding down these last couple of weeks, binged watched Queer Eye. um, And it is all about um, basically these five queer American men. It's the most heartwarming program ever. Um, it's about them giving people a life makeover. Um, and that prompted me to think about self-care. Okay. Um, so I brought a bit of self-care to the table. We had we um, a legend,
1: huh?
0: I, I, We can if you want. Um, can you imagine if I just like brought a transcript and I like, oh, started no, playing that. like some brilliant. bohemian music? That'd be so funny. Anyway, so I just wanted to talk about it. because I find it very interesting. And we kind of briefly spoke about it this week mm-hmm. when I socially distancedly saw
1: you. In the rain, so, our umbrellas.
0: With our umbrellas. And then, fun fact, the rain stopped and for a solid 45 minutes, we were still holding our umbrellas. <laughs> Is we're so cool. Um, by Google's definition, self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. Um, so, in regards to what I personally like to do self-care-wise, um, I've mentioned this, I think, multiple times, but I could walk forever without yeah. my phone. Um I love a bit of Netflix as proven by me Been watching Queer Eye when I was riding down. Love a bath. I'm enjoying bike rides Um podcasts. Um, basically, I only listen to quarantines because I love the sound of our, but no. I listen to um, Fern Cotton, does a great one called Happy Place. Um, uh, the Ramses do the best one called Shags Married and Annoyed, which is really funny. Anyway, I digress. Um, Exercise, I think, is a really good form of self-care, personally. Um, A new one that I'm obsessed with is washing my hair. The ritual of washing and then um, uh, styling it afterwards because I've got really curly hair. (laughs) It needs taming. So different things. And I also notice I love really like random hobbies. I pick up a hobby for like two weeks and then I put it down, like knitting or sketchbooks and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing or maybe it is but one thing that kind of triggered my thought was like i love to read yeah but i really struggle to sometimes so some i think self-care rituals are harder than others for example i think tidying i haven't stopped around here i haven't let you said a single word <laughs> i'm so happy to be back i'm sorry because i do think that certain self-care rituals and practices aren't always what you enjoy doing but they're good for you um whether it be exercise and i know we've spoken about it before yeah. sleeping um but the one i really struggle with you're going to start cringing is sometimes i really find it hard to tidy my room mm. and it will take about 180 seconds 3 minutes and it will be done but the mental effort i find hard so Talk to me, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, Funnily enough, I have been um, really trying to um, sort of enhance my self-care routine. Um, And something that I've kind of found quite useful is taking self-care into a wider context of just looking after myself um, in all aspects of life. Uh, So I kind of made a little chart where I've got spheres and they are different sort of things in my life. So whether that's socialising or whether that is being productive or whether that is relaxing or whether that is sort of um, health. And try to allocate equal time to each of those and see if I'm placing greater emphasis on one over the other. And I found that productivity is the one that I focus on the most. And I put, not pressure on myself, but I put so much energy into trying to be productive. um, That when I was listing what I do to be productive, what I do to be, um, to socialise, I could do those with great ease. When I got to relaxing, what I do for fun, I had nothing. And um, learning to stop, I think, is one of the greatest things. Um, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Um, I could procrastinate for the life of me, honestly. I could literally, I think, if my career was put off doing things that you need to do, I'd make a fortune. When I have nothing that I need to do, I have nothing that I want to do as well.
0: (laughs) Because you can't procrastinate.
1: And it's kind of that thing of, it feels to me a bit like I'm used to sort of going 24 seven. I was um, at school Monday through Friday and I was at center stage 10 till five on Saturday. And I was um, at rehearsals on Sunday and then all of a sudden everything stopped at the same time and i'm just kind of here with nothing to do no no worries in the world yet worrying (laughs) crazy
0: yeah i think procrastination is such an interesting one um because uh i my parents say that I'm the biggest faffa, and um, I've come to, I think, slightly better, um, a better relationship with it. Um, I used to be obsessed with productivity and getting shit done,
1: Yeah.
0: and it's come to a point now where, like when I procrastinate, um, I think I just accept the fact that it's my brain telling me, like, you need to look after yourself and switch off doing this activity. Pardon me, I did just burp. Um, And then I also have the thought of, like, giving yourself the routine of procrastinating, like, almost. So giving yourself that time to do what, your instincts are telling you to, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but is that a good or a bad thing? Because with routine comes like purpose and that is a ticky boxy kind of thing. Did your body actually need to sometimes go, no, I don't want to stick to anything, even if it's telling me to procrastinate. Yeah. Therefore, I won't. It's a weird one. It is a weird one. Um, yeah I have a weird relationship with um, productivity when I was like I think 15 and 16 years old like I was obsessed and I had to be like 100% at everything and I think it's a question as well of self-worth and what like you define as um, uh, your value as a person and slowly but surely I'm realizing that a hundred percent doesn't mean you're an A star at life and as a human being, because sometimes it's just great to spoon your mum, and <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: Well, wow.
0: <laughs> not um, like that. Just giving your mum a cuddle. Um, I don't cuddle my mum enough, and I realised that a couple of weeks ago, and then I just got a bit sad and I felt bad.
1: No? I do. <laughs> I'm such a hugger.
0: I'm no, I'm so affectionate. That's the thing. But that's what I, I miss the most
1: about this whole like quarantine shit. I just want to hug people who aren't my family.
0: Honestly. Honestly. I was gonna say before I left for uni, even before Corona, can you imagine if it didn't exist? Before it existed, the word in the news and know in, in the forefront of our brains God. I was gonna tally the amount of hugs I get in a day or I give like both of them to just tally and see and just like remember when I graduated and because it is all so like we're all on top of each other and cuddling and kissing and it's just the best so it's all bittersweet isn't it <laughs> sorry it hasn't got bit of self-care I care for myself through the hugs of others.
1: No, it is. Um, Allowing yourself affection and giving affection is, it's, yeah, it's looking after yourself.
0: Mm. I have a question. Go on. Do you think there are some things that shouldn't be considered as self-care, even if you think it makes yourself feel cared
1: for? Um... Oh, that's tricky. Um, No, I don't think so. I think certain things could be... um, Certain things that we use for self-care are only good in moderation. Everything's only good in moderation. All self-care is good in moderation. Otherwise, it becomes... Selfish. It becomes dangerous. It becomes a dangerous habit, and yeah. it will overtake your life. So, such as alcohol. Uh,
0: yes, I completely agree. If
1: you're having a bit of a shitty day, and you go home and you think, you know what, I want a glass of wine. That's fine. Yeah. I think that's fine.
0: It is fine.
1: Until every day is a shitty day, and then that's how you are. You're using it rather to. Look after yourself. You're using it to cope. When self care becomes a coping mechanism, that's what I'm trying to get at.
0: Oh, how interesting! When it becomes a coping me, oh, I love that idea.
1: And that can be anything oh, care wise. That could be in terms yeah. of eating a healthy meal, when you become obsessive with what you're eating. When yeah. you um, have a shower, a warm shower. Or a warm bath, and you're having to make sure that you have a certain amount of bath and you're becoming a bit obsessive with it.
0: Yeah. Um, I just had the most hippie thought when you were talking about like coping. I just came into this proper like utopian mindset of like, why can't life be self care? Like, can you imagine like we didn't have to like desert? (laughs) <laughs> you're gagging
1: she's but disgusting
0: you know I mean? she's won one week
1: and she's turned into a complete wanker
0: <laughs> as if i wasn't one before yeah. let's be real <laughs> but you know what i mean though it's such a shame that like we feel oh my god i'm such a wanker <laughs> it's do a shame you know? feel that
1: yeah uh-huh it's a shame that you feel that
0: Yeah, just like in the sense that why can't we all just, I don't know. Be happy,
1: guys.
0: Let's just be happy.
1: Don't be sad and that's it.
0: Oh, God, I hate myself right now, (laughs) right now. Oh, god, I can't believe I thought that. But surely that is a natural thought to have, for wankers anyway.
1: I think it's then the, there was this branching into literature, but, um, when, when does a utopia become a dystopia?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Your idea of perfect won't be perfect.
0: Yeah. As human beings, we're competitive and we're always striving for more perfection. Yeah.
1: And I would interesting. wider. This is nothing to do with self-care, but society um, can never be perfect.
0: Yeah.
1: Otherwise it would crumble.
0: Yeah. Why? Sorry.
1: Because, sort of, society is built on democracy and whether you live in a socialist or a capitalist society, there are conflicts within those and imperfections which drive innovation and drive development and once you live in a place where there's nothing wrong what do you do next where do you go where would you go from there
0: oh my gosh whoa
1: (laughs) I've just done it I have done it I have made Um, the world complete
0: yeah and then I was gonna ask about like guilt when it comes to looking after yourself. So I feel like a lot of the time, there's a certain like vanity Mm -hmm. um, uh, associated with the idea of self care. But like through that definition of it, looking after your health, like it's such a shame that we, some people can sometimes feel that guilt, myself included. Like sometimes I feel like it's a very selfish thing to do. But being selfish isn't always bad. Correct,
1: yeah. And the definition you gave at the beginning um, of self-care, it's not just to improve one's health, it's to preserve. So it's not like people think of self-care and they think, oh, buying myself a really expensive top, or I don't know why I went for top. I don't know why that was my Um, (laughs) go-to. Or something that's really lavish and really indulgent. It's... It could be the smallest things which just make sure that you are staying above water.
0: Balanced. Uh I haven't asked More trivially. Uh, oh god, I've forgotten how to podcast. Have I ever been able to though? That's the real no. question. So what do you, what kind of things would you consider you personally being self-cary? <laughs>
1: um a healthy sleep pattern which i don't have um making sure that you're eating a balanced diet also making sure that you are allowing yourself to kind of if you want a piece of chocolate have a piece of chocolate yeah um talking to friends I I think that's really big for self-care and uh, my mental health. I really need to talk to people and see people physically. So today I went to the park with Ella and it was just seeing in person is so different to being on social media and Snapchat. Um, Even us Zooming now, when I saw you earlier in the week although it was from a distance it's so much so nicer much, it's so different. It's visceral yeah it's
0: yeah oh uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah i guess those are kind of other than the things that you've already said those are the main things that i can think of um i love a drink i do love a drink me um and also keep hydrated keeping hydrated I think that's yes. such a big self-care thing. I, honestly, awful. I've always been awful at keeping hydrated. Um, I would go through like a whole school day and not have a drink.
0: Mm. Oh my gosh. How
1: crazy is that? Or if I did oh have a drink, God. it would be like one carton of apple juice all day.
0: I think it's really hard to remember to though.
1: Because so I, I find I that, is it, is it, is it,
0: is it. it's quite difficult to drink. Yeah. It's actually like all-consuming thing.
1: Also, because I think in school, there's a whole thing of like you can't go to the toilet when you want. So if I drink too much, I'm gonna need the toilet. So I need to make sure that I'm drinking just like a bit, so mm. that I can sort of time my toileting, <laughs> which is annoying. Yeah. But um, I started drinking a lot um, in about March of this year. I had never I when I say yeah,
0: I mean, you drink, drink a lot now.
1: As in water wise. I'm not talking about alcohol. Sure. <laughs> I mean I do both. But um uh, water wise, I started drinking about March because I was um I was filming for a show, a TV show, and they kind of gave us all water bottles because it was towards the start of the coronavirus kind of becoming a thing so they gave us all our own water bottles so that we weren't using disposable all the time and that we weren't sort of coming into contact with other people's hands or germs And there's one of one of these bottles with a straw um i say these as if you can see just like an ordinary reusable bottle and it had like a straw attached to the top and i thought I'm drinking so much out of this. I don't even know that I'm drinking with a straw. Um, So I came home and I bought
0: myself
1: bought myself my own one. Mango, ten pounds on Amazon. Um,
0: It is so much easier to drink with a straw.
1: There are timings on it. You're supposed to drink two of these a day, I think. It goes from eight a.m. to one p.m., then two p.m. to seven p.m.
0: Eight a.m. Ah, that's so good.
1: But I end up drinking one of these between eight and nine. Like, I literally, I drink so much more now. So good for you. So So back to self-care, keeping hydrated. It's, it makes me feel like I am, it gives me more energy. It makes me feel more ready to tackle whatever the day throws at me.
0: Love it. Love it. Thanks for that.
1: That was a proper ramble when I was just talking about me getting cast on a TV show. Everyone, oh,
0: watch
1: good on Amazon next year.
0: Can't wait. Oh my god, I cannot wait. If they ever um, finish
1: filming, which who knows?
0: Mm, fingers crossed.
1: Mm.
0: Right, it is time. No, oh,
1: quick, right. I finished that.
0: You did, you did. Right, let me set a timer. Um, do you want to start off? Okie dokie. Okay.
1: Have we started?
0: (laughs) I'll start again. Oh,
1: sorry. I'm the rusty one. Ready? Yes.
0: So, question from the sister. Um, what is your favourite food?
1: My favourite food? Breadsticks.
0: Yeah, very true. I keep a little
1: box in my bedroom and I have about... Five every night.
0: Stunning. I love Stunning. Em. Um, mine. Uh, will have to be hummus. Wanker. Check us out. It, okay. What a great
1: combination we
0: are. <laughs> <laughs> we should call this episode breadsticks and hummus. <laughs> yes. Um. So, uh, what's your question? Sorry. Um.
1: What motivates you?
0: Um, uh, my family. You?
1: Deadlines. What? Deadlines motivate me.
0: Deadlines? What are deadlines?
1: I think you've taken this question in two very different ways. You meant it in, I've taken it in, like, to finish a task. I need a deadline to finish a task. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Sam,
0: when you just said that word, I couldn't function what that was. Dead... De- I thought you were saying dead... Lines? No, like, like non-alive lines.
1: No, having like a time. Sorry, deadlines. Oh my god! Me. I need. I can't do stuff unless I have a time frame.
0: Yeah, that's completely understandable. Oh my god, I'm such a wanker. <laughs> family, <laughs> family. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. If you only uh, ah ah. If you had to only have one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? What's yours? Breadsticks and hummus.
1: That's not a meal.
0: Sorry, um, <laughs> you.
1: I don't know. I'm not a foodie. I we were having this conversation earlier in the week. I um, <laughs> I eat to live. I don't live to eat
0: not true but that's because i'm someone who lives to eat um can i change my food yeah (laughs) because i do live to eat um it will have to be like a proper jewish deli lunch so you've got your bagels and you've got your egg and onion and smoked salmon and your cucumber um just very bitty tell me yours because you you like you do like certain food
1: i'll think about it we'll come back to it we'll come back to it okay okay who is the last person outside of your family that you touched
0: um oh my gosh you
1: um everyone listening to this podcast right now with my wise words It took you a minute to realise what I was. <laughs> I'm so slow. Today. You were so confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Ella Habas was the last person they touched. Yeah.
0: Lovely. Our time is up. Oh. I'm so slow. I'm so slow. We should really rename it "Slow Fire Questions." We really
1: love, we're awful. I'm still trying to think about. My food. Um, if I could only eat one meal. I don't know. I really don't know. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: It shouldn't be this hard. This decision. This decision. This. Oh my God. What is that word? Decision. Decision. Shouldn't be that hard. It really should not be a hard decision.
0: Mm. Bring it to next week.
1: I'm going to have to. I'm All not gonna right. sleep until I figure this out.
0: Sam, thank you so much for letting me come back despite my
1: unfaithful okay. nature. You get one warning and then then you're off.
0: Fair enough.
1: So do it again and I'm afraid you are cut.
0: Yep, rightfully so. It's been a pleasure, Treasure.
1: Always.
0: Always. Oh, I've missed it. I was so excited.
1: You really honestly. were. Did it live up to your expectations?
0: Obviously not. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs>
1: oh. Of course. Oh, okay. That's the other is right. Um bye then. Bye. I'm gonna go and get absolutely hammered.
0: <laughs> I'm not Healthcare. I am hanging. I am hanging. Oh my god. Bye. Bye. bye.